In order for me to be of service to others, I need to be of service to myself. And that involves the, the practices that I adopt to make sure that I'm I'm taking care of myself. And when I deviate from that, I get sick. And when I get sick, I am no good to anybody. I'm no good to my dogs. I'm no good to the people. I'm no good to the people that, that be here. And I suffer. And when I suffer, others suffer. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the How for Her Human Expansion Realized podcast. These podcasts are the creative artistry inspired by our weekly Gather for Her conversations that take place in real time. They are the culmination of co-created and harvested wisdom that is palpable during these gatherings around our virtual fire. Our hope is that in a practice of deep listening with us here, you will feel our hands at your back in the journey of realizing your own personal expansion, leaving each listening experience with a spark that ignites your how. Um, When I think about who Dori Howard is and the gifts she is here to share with us today, some of the things that make me most excited are the the caring person that I know she is and that I have experienced. She actually comes from over 30 years of healthcare experience that is grounded in pediatric uh, oncology, nursing, and she's held various leadership roles. She's worked with many clients, both in the public and private sectors uh, to foster their transition to a more authentic self. And that's exactly what we're talking about with this season in relational leadership to foster their transition to a more authentic self that demonstrates openness, curiosity, and compassion within the context of relationship and striving for healthy conversations, even in the midst of conflict. Dory has a collaborative approach to leadership and learning, and her clients include physicians, female first responders, leaders, caregivers, citizens, and teams to co-create meaningful relationships, uh, retreats, and programs. And I love Dory's mantra. It's all about the learning. She builds experiential learning modules um, into all of her programs, her coaching, and uh, the experiences that she creates within her absolutely beautiful home on Salt Spring Island. Awesome. Well, let's jump in. Hey, let's jump into our, our, um, Dory, is there anything we missed in your bio that we were like, Hey, there or anything that's really present for you today. Like I want to bring this forward, um, before we jump into a question. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me here. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited and it, I just feel like I've sort of come home uh, with you guys just being in the screen together. So, um, and I'm excited for you guys to be here again. Uh, one thing I just wanted to add is I'm also calling in from Salt Spring Island, which is the unceded territory um, of the Halkamiknam and Sanchothan speaking Coast Salish peoples. And I am honored and privileged to steward this land uh, where I where I work and play and walk dogs and host people and gather people and, um, you know, figure out the water situation day by day. So thank you. That's all I just wanted to add. So. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Love that. Thank you, Dory. Um, so for viewers wondering, what's going on here? They, they all seem to know each other. What, what's happening? <laughs> so we have all gathered at Dory's, at the Retreat Center, Enso Retreat Center in, in various forms, whether we're writing together or strategizing together. It's a beautiful retreat center where um, you can bring your whole, your whole self 
is always invited at the table and not just in retreat, but, you know, at dinner and in those in-between places before you go to bed and the, the, the moment at the beach when you lose your mind because you finally relaxed and the tears are coming or up in yoga and the mat are those moments in passing you know, we think of retreat places as places to rest, but they're, all, they're places to let it all hang out. And I deeply appreciate that about the container that you hold, Dori. Thank you. Yeah, um, let's start with our first question, um, which is, you know, Powerhouse is all about relational leadership. So why is relational leadership important to you? Mm. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this and well, first of all, we're relational beings. And uh, so it just is almost an, an innate piece of leadership in terms of how do we actually uh, move forward in relationship. We, we, we learn in relationship, we, we grow in relationship, we love in relationship, we change, uh, we move through conflict in relationship. And so um, to me, that's the kind of the hallmark of, uh, of being a leader is to extend that from just being a whole person, but to being a whole leader in that. Um, and, you know, with that, um, you know, when I, when I think about that is, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're wired for connection. I mean, we're wired for a lot of things, but we're wired for connection. And so it's important for uh, us to be as leaders, um, honoring that, that whenever we're interacting with somebody, there's always somebody behind that face. Uh, behind the behavior, behind whatever is showing up, and there's a there's a there's a deeper person within that, and and so <clears throat> you know I mean you you talked about me holding space here, and and I I love to do that I hold space here like physical space but the space between us, and um, whether it's a space between one person or a group of people, um, it's that it's within that space that energy that we're having together where the, the magic and the, um, the connection and the aliveness happens in, in those spaces. And uh, so to me, as a leader, it's really important to honor that space um, with each other. And this, um, I, I, would, I would say, this all seems so obvious to us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, we need one another. We need connection. We're wired for connection. Um, why then is there, why do you think there's so much disconnect in our, um, in, in our, in our workplaces, in our, in our communities, in, even in our, in our homes, when, when it's actually something we long for? Uh -huh. Well, while we're wired for connection, we're also wired for a bit of dissonance. We're, we're wired to keep ourselves safe. We're wired to keep ourselves constantly scanning the environment for threat. It's a very primitive wiring that we that we bring with us from many, many, many uh, years ago. Like I'm talking thousands and hundreds of millions of years as we first came on the planet as human beings. Um, so, so while we're wired for connection, we're wired also to make sure that we are protecting ourselves. And, and so with that comes the ego and comes the, the space of, um, going with our thinking brain and so we try and sort of logically try and figure things out rather than lead from our heart and when we we start to lead from our heart center and lead from a place of love and i don't mean intimate love i mean a caring and, and compassionate love 
um, which is which is intimate as well. But I mean, that is if we can sort of dive into that and not be always so logical and, and let our what, what I would call and what Rick Hansen calls the negative mind or what we call in yogi, uh, the negative mind take over because it will. So there's so much in our world that drifts us away from flourishing. And so we have to always try and bring it back into this path um, that is our truest self. And when we're aligned with our truest self, when we stay on that path, then it's 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 easier to continue to hold that space of, of, of connection and compassion and curiosity and courage and all those things that bring in uh, what a relational leader is all about. Uh, but it's hard because we're, we're, we're always getting pulled off this path and the track. So that's why. So we have these two wirings. We are wired for connection. We're wired for ah, just keep me safe and protected and don't let anybody in. So, yeah. So relational leadership is actually coming home to yourself. It's your truest self. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Sharon's. Sharon's going to jump in here. I was going to say, um, but that would require me being vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. stop. Don't let me be yeah. Well, you see, that's just the, that's the, the, the hitch, though, is that in order to be vulnerable, we do have to show up in, in all of who we are. And we're taught from a very, very early age. I mean, emotional development happens in, by the age of, starts at the about the age of two. We're taught from a very early age to don't cry. Don't be a crybaby. Um, pull up your big girl panties, especially for women in leadership, right? We're, we're taught from a very early age to be tough, be strong. Um, I remember being told when I got a, a position in, in uh, healthcare as a leader, well, you better, um, if you're going to be in this position, you better put on a tough skin. And I'm like, why would I do that? Why? What's that about? And so we're, we're set, you know, be professional. Um, even as a nurse, you know, we, we were told never to show our emotions with our, um, with our, with our patients. And I'm like, but why? That's, that's who we are. We are emotional people. We show emotion all the time. And people think of showing emotions as only only for the sadness piece. So when we cry, we show emotion, but we also show anger and fear and anxiety and all those other emotions that are gifts. So if we start looking at emotions as gifts, as they send us messages, they're, they're there to teach us, they're there to soothe us, they're there to um, direct us and motivate us, then it's not so much about, ooh, being vulnerable, it's about coming as my whole self in all of my all of my glory but all of my messiness and if if we can find a way to be emotionally agile so we're not letting the emotions hijack us but rather i can say i'm i'm feeling very anxious right now and be uh, present to that emotion then my vulnerability isn't so scary because that's who i am and that's what's showing up for me and it does take being present and grounded in the moment so that I can say that and experience that and then convey it in a way that makes sense to another person. So they're not trying to guess what's going on with this outward behavior that I may be displaying and they have to make up their mind about what that is. Right. So that's how I approach vulnerability. Um, and of course I was just being facetious with that, right? <laughs> but um, you know, it's interesting because uh, I'm in an MBA program as you know, and um, right now uh, uh, our classes are in uh, uh, emotional intelligence um, that are leading with emotional intelligence is one of the classes. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, where it's teaching us uh, to um, to uh, use emotional and to bring to bring all your emotions to a situation um, through using emotional intelligence to do so. So not not hiding them as we've been taught, especially in in the boardroom and in in the classroom, uh, but to to uh, be emotionally um, and intelligent about how because those emotions are important. They, they, they have value, right? And, and so um, I'd say there's a, there is a shift towards um, more emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so bring on, so, so the thing is the emotions are there. They're already present in the room or in, in your, in your, in your being. So it's a matter of how to, like you say, convey them or express them in a way that's healthy and, and whole and not get hijacked from them. And I think that's the dance that we play. And Susan David calls it emotional agility, where we're, we, we are, we're always dancing with, with, this, with our emotions and, and where, do we, where do we need to sort of tame them so that we don't fly off the handle and where do we need to like not suppress them? Once we suppress them, then they're gonna blow up somewhere else. So it's 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 really finding this healthy level of emotion um, so that you can actually be effective and have impact as a leader. Where's that taken? Oh, it's going to go over to Shar if that's okay, Christine. Unless you've got something. Yeah, you good? It's going to just pop over to you, Shar, because you know I the way I watch you walk in the world as a leader, you know, is like emotions are always right there, and yet. And, and when they pop through, they pop through. It's like there's always a fire of it underneath you. And you are probably the most tactical person I know. I'm just curious, wh- I don't know, what you might share. What's alive for you in this emotional intelligence conversation? Hmm. Well, I, I think... I think it, it, emotions are part of how we are experiencing and enjoying life. So to shortchange ourselves of emotions is, it, it feels like we're shortchanging our experience and our expression of life. Um, and remembering that we emotionality is just one component of our being. Um, so I guess that's how I can be an extremely emotional person and also balance that with my physicality, you know, my spirituality and my mental capacity. Um, I wanted to circle back to, to one piece that Dory said that I, I really, I think there's something very, uh, tactile in, in it. And it, it was, um, here we are in the world as beings that crave connection and protection. And so what's the secret sauce in the middle that allows us to play both sides? And I think that for for me personally, what I've been playing with is um, it's, it's, it is curiosity for sure, because I absolutely am that person. <laughs> and um, but when I really play into, I know what I can do on my own, but what I'm really curious about is the greatness in the glue in the middle. 
I'm really curious about intersectionality when our gifts bump up like that little space in between. And um, I wonder if that, that takes us anywhere in terms of a, a tactile um, best practice that we can push into in this conversation for, for leaders in terms of relational leadership. It's like, if we know we're this way, you know, then how do we, how do we push into really wanting to explore and investigate the space between us, the connective tissue between us? Because I think that is such an important part of relational leadership. We're not going to get there how we got here. So I'm curious where that takes you guys. Who, uh, who's chiming in? I, I can chime in, but I don't know if anybody else would like to chime in. <laughs> Go for it, Dory. You're in the center of the square. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I when I think of um, this space between us, um, the one thing that comes to my mind is, you know, so how do we get there? And to me, it's about about presencing, and and that's through um, and, and joy. So those are, those are the, sort of the two traits I would say are really important: are presence and joy. And I don't mean joy in hashtag glee or hashtag happy or you know just like oh, I'm just being a safe. Joy to me is that state of um, being where you're in a state of of calm, um, peace, and ease, even amidst chaos. And, and we achieve that through, and you talked about awareness at the very beginning in terms of being an important trait, and it truly is. So when we can cultivate that ability to be present in the moment, and it sounds cliche, but it's so true. And to me, that's where we can hold that space between is in this, in, in the, in presencing ourselves so that I can quickly be able to say, here's what's going on for me. This is my internal experience. I wonder what's going on for the other. And so there's that curiosity, right? So I'm always dancing between self and other. And when we have this balance of self and other, um, that's when we can actually then hold that space and not get hijacked by emotion or hijacked by um, the pull of whatever else is going on, but also not be too self-oriented or, or where the ego can, can, can reside. So that to me is, is, is where, where, where it all stems from. And as you know, part of what I do and part of my practice is, is cultivating a meditative mind or a neutral mind um, so that I can be an observer of that rather than getting hijacked by some of the things that my mind will make stories up about, which we do all the time. And uh, so having a contemplative practice daily is, is important to me. And that can look like anything I happen to, to do meditation. But any time that you have a contemplative practice where you're being an observer of your minds and you're letting that stuff go helps us to rewire that wiring that is so primitive in our beings. The re it rewires those, those protective mechanisms that are, are not true, even though they, we think they're true. Um, it helps us to sort of kind of just make those paths a little less accessible and make pathways for, um, for, for the wiring for connection. Um, so to me, that's a tactical thing and a very tangible thing that leaders can do uh, is to adopt some kind of a morning daily practice where I would say, you know, you, you get up, you, you brush your teeth, you wash your face and you shower your mind. And um, it's, it, you know, you would never think of leaving the house without brushing your teeth. 
So I would never think about leaving my house without doing some kind of, of meditation in the morning. And it doesn't have to be long. It just is something where I'm, I'm just grounding and centering and noticing and being an observer and starting to practice that rewiring every day. Um, anyway, that's, that's what I do. I, I do advocate that everyone does. And, and if I was back in healthcare, I would implement that as, uh, as a practice uh, in, in morning report with nurses. And um, anyway, that's, that's where I go. I, and thanks Dory for that. And I wanted to say that you really model presencing and you model relational leadership. And so you're, you're doing both the modeling and the teaching um, of, of that. And, uh, and because you're a lifelong learner as well, what I'm curious about is what do you, what are you learning right now? What's your growing edge? Because like I said, you model, um, you model that presencing and mm -hmm. uh, where, what are you growing into? What, what just, feels a little bit pushes your boundaries a little bit or like tina says uh um that that skinny branch what's the skinny branch for you <laughs> you know it's it's always this it's always this uh cultivation of joy that uh, that i always come back to and um <clears throat> i'm just uh engaged i'm just doing right now a whole thing around around joy and um uh i think my my and 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 okay, so how do I live that? How do I how do I really live it? And uh, it came to me yesterday morning as I was uh, walking the dogs, and I've I've had I've had a little bit of sadness in my life recently, and and um, a bit of anger and frustration, which are all natural and normal emotions. And I'm like, okay, Dory, so you're you're all about this joy thing. So what's joy right now for you if you're if you're feeling angry or sad? Because I always say, oh yeah, we can have joy in the, in, in the midst of chaos. And I'm walking my dogs and these three little dogs are got their tails bouncing in the field and they're picking up field mice and bopping them on the head or whatever they're doing with those mice. And um, I'm and I look at this vast expanse of this, this land that I feel so blessed to be on. And it's like, okay, part of being um, in, uh, in, in relationship and in connection and joy is also connecting with the land and the beings that I'm, I'm presencing myself with, which are these dogs who are just, they are gleeful. They're like in, in a glee state, right? Um, and and I think, so I think that's my biggest learning edge right now is to continue to just notice this, this um, I hate the word tension, but it's the only word I can come up with right now, between the, the emotions where I'm feeling sad and, and despair and lonely with, with this state of joy. And, I, and again, I always come back to my practice. And when I get back into my practice and get back into, uh, and you, you guys have all been to my classes and, and, and experienced some of the yoga, how can, you, how can you not experience joy when you're, you're chanting some beautiful music and some beautiful mantra and having that time just to be in your own space and holding yourself? So I think my biggest learning and continuous learning that I have is always around self-compassion. I think I, I've told you the story when I went to, you know, therapist number three or four or whatever and, and said, oh, yeah, it's something about, you know, have you looked at idiot compassion? I'm like, no, what is that? And um, having, having this ruminate in my head about I've been an idiot with compassion all my life. So my, my constant learning is around, is around I'm a very compassionate, empathic person to others. And, and how do I be that compassionate, empathic to myself? And it's a constant learning for me because I've been pulled into this profession where it's about caring for others. 
usually at the expense of yourself. And so my biggest learning right now is how do I care for others and hold space for others and hold space for myself and care for myself. Um, and I think that's going to be my, my lifelong learning until the day that I transition to the next, uh, next realm. Yeah. And I just want to pause for everybody listening here that it's not, you know, we like to complicate <laughs> these things and, uh, and it's actually, it's very simple, but not simplistic. No. Because right? it's a cult, you know, cultivating compassion and presence for others and having other people's back um, and then turning it inward to have our own back and to and to be present for ourselves and our own emotions and experience and cultivate joy. Um, yeah. This, and, and, uh, and the other thing I want to add for the listeners is this is this is hard work <laughs> and it's not airy fairy like no. bring it on give it a shot <laughs> try it for yourself <laughs> I, I, don't, I dare you <laughs> i don't think we would call the dalai lama or uh you know all like airy fairy i think we would call them very practiced and uh so i think yeah it's not airy fairy at all it's it's necessary and it's essential and so when we think about essential services and essential practices this is an essential service to ourselves um, and it's not easy because it takes attention and intention and, um, and uh, cultivating new habits. And that's why I talk about brush your teeth, wash your face, shower your mind, and just add that to your already adopted habits that you've got going, right? And, and that comes back to the water that you mentioned at the beginning. Drink your water. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, and I just lost my train of thought. It's not easy. Um, and it's, and the, 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 I always call the, call it the rat race that we're in, right. Uh, makes it difficult for us to, you know, I don't have 20 minutes. I don't have half an hour to, for myself. Right. Um, yet once we, once we, um, dedicate that time to ourselves, we realize that how on earth do I start my day without that? Like it, it just, it's, it's the investment in yourself that pays off very, very quickly. This reminds me of the conversation, you know, that uh, your fellow Amplify coach, Kelly Beattie, um, is having with us around, we, were got, we got into time again. We got into the, how much time does it take to, to, to be with your staff or your teams and, and have space for them to be real people? And again, we came into this, like not real people, but like bring their whole self into the room. And that takes time and compassion and empathy. La, la, la. And we're, and here we are again. It's so interesting, the conditioning of, of our relationship with time. And I'm, I'm, I even want to challenge us, like what's beyond this transactional way of looking at time? Well, when we put the time in, we get time later. What, what, what's beyond even that? You know, and I, I think the dogs are our greatest teacher. <laughs> Dory, oh, back yeah. to you. <laughs> because they're so in the moment. I mean, dogs are so in the moment. They forget what's what's happening two seconds ago and what's down the down the pipe. It's like just this moment. And I know it's cliche, but really, that's all we really have is the now. And I mean, Eckhart Tolle, who has a property here on Salt Spring, you know, and he wrote the Power of Now, and he's all about the now. And um, I think it, for me, it's about, um, and, and, you know, I can say this now, but, you know, it's, it's, this has been a huge learning for me. 
uh, over my, my course of my career. Uh, and I feel very blessed and privileged to be able to, um, to be in the space where I have learned and then learning that in order for me to be of service to others, I need to be of service to myself. And that involves the, the practices that I adopt to make sure that I'm, I'm taking care of myself. And when I deviate from that, I get sick. And when I get sick, I am no good to anybody. I'm no good to my dogs. I'm no good to the people. I'm no good to the people that, that be here. And I suffer. And when I suffer, others suffer. So I think, and, and I learned, and this is a lesson I learned over and over and over again. And each time I get to that space, I'm like, okay, Dory, here you are again. So what do you need to bring yourself back into, into health and wholeness? And it's always come back to the practice, come back to your, your healthy foods, come back to your um, nature, connect with the trees, like go and hug something or lie in the grass or connect to this land that we are so blessed to be on. Like all of those things come, come into it. Um, and so if I don't have time for um, a half an hour meditation, I do have time for three minutes of breathing outside of my balcony looking at the trees, petting my dog. Everybody has time for that. And, and it doesn't take a lot of time. It just takes intention and attention. Um, so, uh, you know, we can learn it now, we can learn it later, but we got to learn it at some point. I want to steer us, um, Dory, I mean, most of, not all of us, but a lot of us in this space do work from home or have a lot of that maybe in our in our life but i know there's listeners that who don't and i know that a lot of your work as a coach is with people who don't necessarily work from home and so what would you offer around relational leadership it sounds like where we're going is self-relationship in this conversation um for those who may not have that tree and that dog in their day well, yes, and I've worked in healthcare, which is um, it's, which is a bit of a beast of, a, of an organization and, a, and an industry, um, and it's a necessity. And so, one of the things that I I was really uh, tried to adopt when I was in healthcare, you know, we'd sit down, and of course, you've got your big agenda, and you've got all these, you know, first whatever new business, old business, blah blah. blah. But it's like let's have connection before content. So let's do a round of where are you at right now? You know, what's, 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 what are you proud of in this moment? What, you know, and you just do a quick round and you right away ground people into about connection with each other, the space, who we are. Um, and then let's launch into the agenda, right? And then as you close, before we all disperse, one word checkouts or something like that. So you can integrate a lot of these things into into a busy practice or into, but again, it takes intention, attention and leadership. So, you know, you could easily at the beginning of each meeting do a one minute breathing uh, exercise. They're doing this now in the military and in the RCMP and everything and all first responder professions, helping people to adopt breathing practices. Because we know that, that of course, access to our breath is the single most important thing that we can do to presence in the moment. You can't do anything else if you're consciously breathing. So if you consciously breathe, you're in the now. So it's the easiest thing and we all have access to it and it's free. <laughs> uh, and so I, what I would say to people who work in these busy, hectic organizations, 
step into your leadership, lean into it, and insist that that your meetings start with either some breath work or some connection. And just even even simply, if you get into your brain connection before content, or put that at the top of your agenda, connection before content, breath work, two minutes. We have time for two minutes to connect. I know we do. I know absolutely we do. So that's what I would say to um, busy people who work in busy organizations and who are always pulled off their track. They're always getting drifting away from their truest self every minute of the day. So how can you help them come back onto the path even just for a minute? And it's through the breath. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Dory. What, one other th thing that sometimes I tell people is like, you have to wash your hands, right? So if you wash your hands, paying attention to water running over your hands, right away it takes you out of your thinking brain and you're into that sensory experience. So speaking of sensory experience, you and I have both talked about experiential learning and um, how, what a powerful tool it is. How do you, how do you incorporate experiential learning so to help leaders build those relational leadership muscles i'd love to hear more about that oh man every day all the day every day all the time everything i do is experiential because to me that's to me i've always been i you learn through like kids learn through play how do like they learn through play we learn through 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 experiencing and so i'm all like i call myself the chief experience officer uh ceo of enzo um and and that's really what it is and so right from the early early days of being a nurse i would um i created so many games like when i did teaching i would everything to me was a game and uh you know i mean i created this game called tumor trivia which i know probably doesn't sound very fun to you guys but when you work in cancer um, you know, who wants to learn about cancer from a PowerPoint? Not me. I want to learn it through a game. And so when you start to, you start to incorporate those kinds of things, it, it helps things stick. So was, I've been all about the games and the, and the creative ways to get people to learn uh, when they don't even know they're learning. Same like kids don't know that they're learning when they're playing. And so uh, and so in my retreats, I do the same thing. We don't, we don't, well, we do, we did, we did an um, emotions, um, what did we do last time? We did emotions charades, right? And so we, we, we played a game of charades and it was all about, you know, names of, you know, movies and books and that kind of stuff. So it just helps to sort of uh, get people into a learning mindset without it being a, um, uh, a big drag, <laughs> Right. Uh, Kundalini yoga is, is about experiencing, you experience the, the, the experience of your body moving and the breath moving and the, the chanting and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, you know, let, let's not just sit and talk about getting into nature. Let's go out. Let's go out and do a forest bath. Uh, let's not just talk about a healthy nutrition. Let's do it. Let's 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 uh, do some mindful eating and see what it feels like to really experience that strawberry. So it's putting people into those experiences where instead of just talking about them, let's just, let's just ground ourselves and do it. And that goes back to Char's, a lot of the founding pieces of powerhouse around activation and acceleration, right? There's, there's a lot there. Um, you know, we had our, a third question that we had uh, to play with was, Dory, from your changemaker perspective, you know, what do you think is the most important practice as a relational leader? 
Um, <clears throat> well, I've already talked about this, but it really is about, um, it, it, it comes back to me being able to be whole myself so that I can be whole with others. And um, it is about the practice of, 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 of cultivating that, cultivating joy, cultivating presence and, um, and, and leaning into those things that bring you to that moment. Uh, the more that we can be present in the moment, and, and again, it, you know, because things are going to drift us out of that all the time. So cultivating the practices that help me stay connected to myself so I can stay connected to you. If I'm not connected to myself, then I will go back up into my head and I'll let the stories to start to ruminate and create a whole bunch of things that we do because we're meaning making machines. And so we're constantly looking at everything that comes at us in the environment and we're making a story about it. Um, and most of them aren't true. Um, and so if we can sort of get from our heads back into our hearts, lead from the heart um, with, with all of who we are, we're, we're body, mind, heart, and soul. So it, it takes um, being able to be, um, what, what is the yearning of my heart saying? What is actually coming from here rather than what's coming from here? And when I, when I, when I, when I come to listen to the yearning of my heart, which takes deep listening, by the way, so maybe that's the main, main trait is how do I cultivate deep listening within myself? And the more that I can cultivate that, I will be able to deeply listen to another um, and, and hold space for another. And so I can't do any of the other things, I don't think. I can't hold space. I can't listen. I can't connect. I can't relate if I'm not um, being here in this moment and joining with you. So I can join with me and join with you, but I need to do that from a place of being calm, connected, and, and having ease in my life, even when things are, are trying to pull me off of that path. And I can feel it. When things start to pull me off the path and I start getting hijacked by an emotion, <clears throat> I come back to this place of what brings me joy. So, um, and that can be very simple. And I have to really practice that so that, in the moment, what brings me joy? It might bring might be my dog sitting here and ready to sort of, you know, uh, play. It could be this beautiful arbutus tree that's outside my window and what an awe that tree is, you know, even though it's messy and causes me a lot of raking moments, it's a beautiful tree. Um, the ocean, I mean, I feel really glad. I can, I can look at any given moment. It's like, yeah, that brings me joy <laughs> right there. So it's really about what brings me joy and what brings me to presencing so that I can be there for me, so I can be there in service to others. I, I think everything else falls from that. Courage, compassion, care, connection, curiosity. Um, all of those things fall out of this moment of, of me being present. Wow. And all of those things are actually key competencies for the leaders that our current and future environment needs, right? Yeah. Courage, um, wisdom, emotional regulation, groundedness, joyful leadership, all of those, all of those competencies. Mm -hmm. I am, and, and, and as you, as you coach leaders and, 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 and as we all, you know, work to model that may it someday be a well-worn path instead of a gnarly gnarly one like it is now <laughs> we're getting there you know i'm i'm so yeah. 
to see what's happening in the schools and in the uh, and with children now, and so many of uh, the people who I interact with who are young moms, you know, they're 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 teaching their kids around. You know, there's there's yoga in the schools now, and there's breath work, and they do they do morning breath work before they start their school. And um, you know, I, I, I one of the things you talk about experiential learning. One of the easiest things to teach kids around breath work is get them to blow bubbles. Get, get humans, adults to blow bubbles. How fun is that? You cannot not take a deep breath to blow a bubble. <laughs> and so blowing bubbles or blowing out candles, like put the cake farther away. I have to take a deeper breath to blow those candles out, right? So there's lots of fun ways that we can we can get people to do, to, 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 to be, you know, present without going to a, um, you know, a, a, a silent retreat, which a silent retreat is great too. But, you know, um, uh, there's lots of things that we can do. And uh, I, so I think it's not as, as far as you think it may be. Yeah. Mm, fantastic. Um, let's, we always close, Dory, with just a round of what we're leaving with from this conversation. And um, I'd like to do that. And then we'll close our circle. Um, I'll start because my mic's on. Oh, I am leaving with a sense of hope, a deep sense of, of hope. It seems to be a theme. I think that's happened a lot in this in the <laughs> season nine. Yes, I'm leaving with a sense of hope and, um, and I think also like an integration of the, the words of what we know to do and or are learning to do and the knowledge of what we are learning to do and the integration of the a lot like the word practice of it that's what i'm leaving with is the word practice because it feels like an integration word that's different than getting active get mm -hmm. practiced yeah that's what thank you that's where i am and i'm going to pass to shar uh, i'm leaving with uh, connection before content um, you know, just that reminder all the time that the deeper my relationship is with myself, the deeper it will be and offered to others. And I think relational leadership, you can feel the depth of the leaders who put time into themselves. Mm. Yeah. I'll pass to Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Uh, such a great conversation, Dory. Thank you so much. Um, Joy and presence are, are two things I'm, I'm really trying to cultivate in my life. Um, and so I appreciate everything that you said. Um, the, the one thing that uh, stood out for me, though, is something and that I another reminder for myself, and that is self-compassion. Mm -hmm. it, it's so difficult for I mean, most of us at times can be very hard on ourselves. And, and, and I know I'm very I, I know that. I am that. So self-compassion. Thank you. Christina. Awesome. Thank you, Sharon. Um, it, when you were talking, Dory, it reminded me of that saying, if you don't make time for wellness, then you better make time for sickness, right? And so it's not just physical, it's mental, emotional, spiritual, relational. Um, that, that, and that those are that's a garden that we need to cultivate and that needs our attention. Otherwise it, it just, uh, yeah, 
Are you going to just allow the weeds to grow? Or are you going to cultivate a beautiful garden? And so, and I, I want to thank you, Dory, as well, for just really modeling that. And you model it by your very, very presence. So, <laughs> thank you. Love the dog. Loves our rumbling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. That's our first kind of non, non, <laughs> non-circle conversation. I mean, the dogs are talking now. Woohoo! They're, they're here. Yeah, they're in the moment. There's something that's caught their attention. Um, I think what um, I'm leaving with is, uh, you know, I feel right now, you know, my heart has extended. You know, now it's like ten sizes too big. You know, and so uh, I feel like my heart has actually grown through this hour with you. And so I feel that. And to me, that's uh, when I that to me, that's joy. And I just feel so much joy being here with you and, and being in this conversation. So thank you. Thank you, Dory. As always, we are so grateful for your deep listening with us. We want you to know that there is a community here that you may not know about yet. We gather virtually every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time for these live conversations. And we call it Gather for Her. This is the place where we begin to weave our individuality together to remove silos and place our hands at each other's backs for activated, intentional action towards a world we all want for 2030, where we prepare for a better world. When you're ready, we're here. Find us at powerhouse.com and get social with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If it feels right, you can support this inspired wisdom through Patreon at patreon.com slash powerhouse. Until next time, keep listening and know we're always here, ready to gather with you.